Hey, everybody, welcome to a Monday, first day of spring on Grab Fork's Best Source. We've got East Grab Fork's Police Chief Mike Hedlund in the studio today. Be a good time. First day of spring, huh? By the way, your show today brought to you by Northwest Tire and Grand Forks. Uh, they're looking to hire all the time. You hear Chad uh, hop in here quite a bit. Um, you know what? If you're not afraid to show up for work on time and then work while you're there, uh, might be a great job for you. No prior work experience is necessary. Northwest Tire, they're going to train the right people for the right jobs to get great benefits, PTO, health insurance, 401k, and all that good stuff. Pay will depend on experience, but, you know, don't take my word for it. Stop in the Northwest Tire and Gateway Drive to find out more. Or you can call Chad at 701-780-8473 or apply online at nwtire.com. Hey, if you have any questions or comments for Chief Hedlund, our number is 701-213-0863, 701-213-0863. Before we get too much further into the show... Here we go, our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, an officer asked me, where were you between four and six? Where were you between four and six? And I responded, kindergarten? Uh, I got a thumb, kind of a sideways thumb from Dale. Uh, <laughs> Mike, how are you, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> what did you think of that lame joke? I've heard worse. You know, I try to find police-related jokes mm-hmm. I didn't want to offend anybody, and and some of them were just so bad that I thought that one wasn't bad. Kindergarten. Oh, anyway. So what have you been up to all winter? I've done a little bit of skiing. Did you? Other than that, a lot of work. Have you skied your entire life, your whole life? Started when I was like junior high. So really? I've, I've done so many things, water skied, skateboarded, all that kind of stuff. I've never, ever downhill skied in my life. I'm afraid, um, I'm a firm believer in Murphy's Law. <laughs> Yeah. I'm afraid if I go uh, downhill skiing, I'm probably not going to be riding home with my family. You definitely have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Probably for fun. Um, get itching for fishing? Absolutely. <laughs> now, you fish a lot, right? I don't fish enough. Um, fishing on the Red for Catfish is one of my favorite things to do, but mm-hmm. I definitely don't get out enough. So do you ever get to go up like Swenson and go crappie fishing over at Maple or wherever he, his little hiding spots he's got? Because it seems like whenever he posts anything on social media, he's got fish. Yeah. Uh, Mark's able to get out a little more than I am. I coach track in the spring as oh, well. Oh, okay. I've done that for many, many years, so that makes my schedule a little bit tougher in the spring. So you know, sometimes he'll have a, a day off from school for whatever reason, and, and he's going and then, of course, by the time you get to June, when I'm middle of June and I'm done with track, the crappies are pretty much done. We've, right. I, I get over there maybe once every other year with him for a day yep. in the spring. If the bite's going on good, we'll try So are, are you coaching over at Eastside? Yes. I did not know that. I was uh, co-captain of the track team back when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I Believe it or not, uh, I know I've got the athletic body and everything, but um, I used to be a pretty good half-miler back in the day uh, when I was about 80 pounds lighter. Um, how did you – well, first off – um, I mean, I've known you for a long time, and I think mm-hmm. how I really got to know you was probably through fishing. Yep. Um, tell us a little bit about Mike Hedlund. I grew up down in the Twin Cities, St. Louis Park in Minnetonka. I went to school in Bemidji, and that's where I, I started leaning towards law enforcement. I eventually switched my major to criminal justice and got hired straight out of school there by the Grand Forks PD. Oh. Worked in Grand Forks for about 22 years and worked my way up through the ranks. I was a lieutenant over there uh, when I got hired here as the chief in East Grand Forks. I've... Um, Virtually my entire time in the Grand Forks, East Grand Forks area, I've lived in East Grand Forks. So it was kind of, no a, kidding. kind of a natural switch for me to pursue this job when it came open, and I was lucky enough to get hired. You know, it just doesn't seem to me like you're that old. Like, you've been around that long. You say you switched majors. What was your original major? 
Uh, started off fishery and wildlife, and I oh. actually was pre-med for two years. Really? And me and chemistry just didn't get along very well, so made, wow. made the switch to criminal justice. You know, that's funny because uh, back, I believe, when I was a junior in high school, they give you those aptitude tests mm-hmm. uh, where you take and they tell you what you, they think you should go into or what you would best suits you. Uh, number one for me was law enforcement, and number two was entertainment. <laughs> and I thought very hard about fishing game, too. Um, I thought a lot about being a game warden. And then I got that radio bug that bit me, and that was about the dumbest thing I ever could have done. But um, here we are. Make, you know, long story short. Um, I know right off the bat, uh, one of the things we've been hearing a lot about, Mike, is, um, and, it, and, and I think this is, is true all over the United States, uh, short on help, East yeah. Grand Forks Police Department. Uh, I, I know you're, you're working on this new recruitment program, but um, how short are you? How drastic is it? How long has this been going on? Um. At the moment, we're two officers short. We have another officer that's down to his last week, so we'll be three short here shortly. Uh, We have one applicant in the mix, and we're hoping that pans out, so that'll help a little bit um, if if we're able to get him hired and trained. And then, of course, we have an ongoing hiring process, so if anybody is interested and meets the qualifications for Minnesota, we encourage them to apply and join up. a couple of years is is when it's really started to get difficult to get uh-huh. people in. Kind of the the George Floyd situation gave a lot say. of people across the nation a negative taste in their mouth for law mm-hmm. enforcement. Um, there's a lot of people, you know, some of that's law enforcement has to take some of the blame for sure. That. The, sure, the way you know some officers around the nation responded to certain situations was definitely not positive. And uh, anything we do wrong is in the limelight, and 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 as it probably should be. Mm-hmm. Um, police officers need to do the right thing and you need to do the right thing all the time. We're still humans, so we do make mistakes, but some of those mistakes shouldn't have been made. Um, you know, the George Floyd thing, I get that, but, um, you know, you've got, and, and you even mentioned it, you uh, hail from down by the Twin Cities area down there, and you see down there some of these city councils are, are trying to vote to defund police departments, which I think is probably one of the dumbest things I have ever heard in my life. You know what? It doesn't matter um, if you like cops or don't like cops. Try living without them is, is what I tell people. But, you know, the George Floyd thing was a bad thing. But where in the world would we be if we didn't have law enforcement? I mean, come on. Think about that, you know. And, and we're not like Minneapolis, St. Paul up here. We're not like most places around the country. I think we've got it pretty nice up here. Um, you know, it's funny. We were talking off record about, you know, crime and murders and things like that. That's just not something we hear a lot about here. Um, I tell you what, if, if I was a, a law enforcement or a police officer down in a big city like Minneapolis, St. Paul or Chicago or whatever, I'd be scared to death probably every time I pulled somebody over. But, you know, will it ever get better? Are we going to see a light at the end of the tunnel in this? I think it already has started to get better. Law enforcement schools, or schools, excuse me, are seeing an uptick in, in their enrollment. It took a big hit uh, for that first year or so, mm-hmm. uh, but they're starting to see an uptick in their enrollment in, in the law enforcement programs. That'll help, uh, but like the number of, of students that are in the schools right now isn't even enough to fill the current openings. Wow. At least, at least of, of people that'll be graduating this year, it's not enough to fill the openings in the state of Minnesota. So we're we're all struggling. Um, we're not the only ones though. It's uh, COVID seems to have done a, a number on on. All workforce. Everybody's uh, mindset has changed. Yeah, your, your Northwest Tire ad at the start of this. Yeah. Is, you know, almost everybody you talk to, uh, you, you'll find out that they're short-staffed. In the city of East Grand Forks, we're short, of course. We've been fighting the battle to try to get more people in, but so is Public Works, so is Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. I mean, virtually every department within sure. the city has been struggling, and, and almost every, I mean, you can't go anywhere and not see help wanted signs, which is very unusual. 
you know, I almost thought about Colin Reed after reading some stuff this morning and say, hey, you need a part-time lawnmower because it seems like that's what I do all day, every day at my house anyway. Now, when you're shorthanded like this, Mike, you're talking at the end of the week, you're going to be three officers short. Who makes up for that? Do you got do other people have to work overtime or do you just go shorthanded? Or, because if you've got these other officers on overtime more, that's not any cheaper. I mean, it's got to be a, a pretty frustrating as being, you know, the chief of police. Yeah. It is. That's that's probably what keeps me up the most at night. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our night shifts run normally with five officers, and we're currently one officer short on each of those shifts. And so um, it reduces the amount of people that are able to take vacation. Uh, if they are off, then we wind up having people called back from, from the other shifts for periods of those shifts. Uh, we wind up not doing the full 12-hour shift. We'll have somebody come in for part of the shift that you're guessing is going to be the busiest time. But that's mm-hmm. the problem with law enforcement. You could have a Tuesday afternoon and, and things could go wild and we don't have anywhere near enough people on. You could have a Friday night and you think it's going to go crazy and you might go the entire night without a call. You just sure. you yeah. never know. It, it, it's, you know and you, you, it's kind of a, ultimately a, a guess your best as to, you know, historically you look at what are our busy time periods mm-hmm. and you try to make sure you have coverage enough to ensure officer safety as best as possible during those times. So I'm guessing the Farmer's Almanac doesn't help you guys out with moon phases and things like that, huh? like fishing? <laughs> try not to look at that, but, you know, you, you juggle know. with moon phases and you I, I bet if you asked uh, most officers, they're going to tell you that, that Friday the 13th and full moons both seem to have, Isn't that at least at, t- at times, have odd, odd things happening. You know, and, and uh, I want to go back in time. When I first went into radio, and when people relied on radio, you know, now everybody's got social media and computers you can find out if a school is closed or postponed or late back in the day everybody relied on radio you had to get there um i took snowmobile to work many 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 times but is that an issue with you because look at the weather we have had this year um there's a lot of times like i can't make it out of my driveway but already shorthanded has that been an issue it's like hey chief i'm sorry but i can't get out of my driveway you know i'm gonna be late or i'm not gonna make it has that been an issue or not it really hasn't for our, for our officer staff to this mm-hmm. point in time. Um, the vast majority of our officers live in either East Grand Forks or Grand Forks. Some are rural, but even the ones that are rural have, have tended to make it in every okay. day. They, they fight their way through and they get there. That's We have an, an amazing staff that does a really good job, and uh, they do what they need to. And, and we, we haven't had to take this step, knock on wood, and hopefully we don't any time in the near future. But one of the things we have in place is we allow officers to live outside the city limits mm-hmm. and w- within a reasonable response time. Sure. But if we were to have a major, major flood, like equivalent to like 97, they know if they're going to live there that they may not be going home for a while. That right. They would, they would potentially have to stay in town to be able to ensure mm-hmm. that they could get to work. Mm-hmm. That's one of the few stipulations we have. But for the most part, with winter storms, they kind of watch the, the forecasts. And we've had a few that have had to stay in town that live live sure. town. You know, it's a storm. They get have your plan B. And, yeah. You, you stay with a buddy or you stay with a relative. Mm-hmm. That's. I mean, that's... That's what you do when you live up here in the tundra. Speaking of tundra, we were talking uh, also before we went on the air about uh, roads, snow removal, uh, streets, blocking your driveway, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, it is too bad. Uh, you know, we've seen on social media, well, here's what this guy's doing. They've got the big arm that comes down on the plow and it doesn't, dr- you know, block your driveway and everything. Okay, that's going to add double the time to do it. It's going to cost way more. You're going to have more breakdowns. And you're going to be complaining because they didn't get your street done quick enough. What I tell people is, um, because I complain about it, too, and I live in the country, maybe you should pick a different place to live. <laughs> you know? I had uh, I ran into a couple of their mall walkers, and they were gone for a month. I said, where have you been? Oh, we went down south. I go, well, how was that? Rained almost every day we were there. Yeah. And he acted like he was disappointed. I said, well, you know the thing about rain? And he goes, what? And I go, you don't have to shovel it. 
as well you got a point there but um with this crazy weather we've been having, they're talking about another round coming tomorrow. Um, has this been uh, more of an issue with you guys and now, you know, shorthanded or just kind of business as usual? For the most part, it's business as usual. We've certainly had worse winters than this. Oh, yeah. Um, we've had a, a number of storms that we wind up writing a lot of street maintenance tickets and, and snow emergency tickets. We try not to do those if we can help it. That's why we, you know, you can go online at, at the East Grand Forks website, www.egf.mn, and there's a a link on there that you can sign yourself up for where if we declare a snow emergency, you're going to get a text and oh. or an email. And so that gives people the warning so they can hopefully get their vehicles off the street. It's not a perfect system. And, you know, because some people live places where they really don't have alternative parking locations. And that's that's one of the struggles. But we do the best we can to, to get the word out and, and to do reasonable enforcement. And our public works folks absolutely do the best they can to try to get the streets safely. And if we can have the cars off the road during those events, it makes their job a ton easier and you're, they're not having to come back through the streets you know, mm-hmm. three and four times to you know get around and clean up after those cars that were left on the roads. Uh, we did get a question. I kind of missed it here. So I'm going to step back or go take a couple of steps backwards here. Uh, when we talked about Minneapolis, uh, the George Floyd deal, do you think a lot of those police officers that just stepped away and said, I'm done, we're done? Or is there a chance that maybe some of these people are like, you know what, I I love being in law enforcement, but this is getting crazy. I need to find a smaller town and move away. Could that be a possibility? Can we get any of these guys that, that maybe got forced out or said, I've had enough? You can reach out to them, I suppose. We have tried. We, our advertising we, is in a number of different areas, but mm-hmm. one one place that we're always on is the Minnesota Post Board. Oh, Post sure. is Peace Officer Standards and Training. So officers statewide know to look at that site to see openings. And unfortunately, there's a ton of openings right now. But yeah, a lot of a lot of people left the PTSD because of PTSD claims from the Twin Cities, Minneapolis especially. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I suppose for them it might be easier to come to a small town. Um, but on the same token, if they're still in the middle of that PTSD claim, they probably don't want to be sliding into a sure. law enforcement position until that gets resolved. And right. I don't know if any of those have been resolved that quickly. Some people might have just left just because they were tired of, of the lack of acceptance yeah, and enthusiasm yeah. towards law enforcement. You mentioned the, the looking to defund the police. That, for the most part, thankfully, is largely seems to have disappeared. Yeah, I'm not yeah. hearing that much anymore from anyone. Right. And even some of the people that were defund the police advocates before have, have changed their tune and are now, let's, we need law enforcement there. I think they're starting to come to that realization. Well, you know, it's funny because some of these uh, cities that were complaining about, um, you know, defunding their police, it's funny how the city council members in those same cities all of a sudden wanted police protection yeah. because they were getting threats. You know, um, it, <laughs> it's like, we don't want you police here in our town anymore, but could you come and watch my house for me, please? I'm afraid, you know, that, that's ridiculous. Um, something Dale dug up for me. Uh, East Grand Forest Police Department purchases a de-escalation simulator. Sounds like uh, something from outer space. What is it? Can I do one comment quick? Yes, you can. Um, I, I just want, we, you touched on a little bit before about, you know, when people want to come and work in this area. Mm-hmm. Both Grand Forks and East Grand Forks are incredibly supportive of their law enforcement departments. Oh, absolutely. And so th- I just really want to stress our appreciation, and I know Chief Nelson and his staff feels the same way, that, you know, the, the vast majority of people in both our communities are incredibly supportive of our police departments, and, and we really do yeah. appreciate that. Uh, the Virtua Simulator, that, that was something that we were able to acquire through a COPS grant. Uh, COPS office is part of the uh, U.S. Department of Justice, and it's a $50,000 piece of equipment that we're able to get. Um, we have a room that we've converted for, for use with that simulator. It's basically a projector on a screen. They have them up to seven screens, so it's basically almost 360 degrees around you. Mm-hmm. We knew realistically a department of 23 officers wasn't going to get 
a, a, 300, a 360 degree screen, but we put in for the one and as was, that was $50,000 for that piece of equipment. Wow. But we got the grant. Um, it has about 76 hours worth of scenarios that our officers can work through. Uh, de-escalation, dealing with the mentally ill, uh, working with people with autism, uh, you name it. We can work at traffic stops, you know, simulated traffic stops. You're not in the car, obviously, but you, you, you make you stop a car and you go up and what's going to happen. You responded to all types of different calls, disturbances, unwanted subjects, and the officers have to work through those scenarios. And the person that's running the computer can, depending on how the officer's doing, if they want to reward them for being good interaction, oh. they can make the person comply. If sure. the officer's kind of stumbling a little bit with how they're responding to the person, the, the person running the computer can ramp it up and, and heighten that person's uh, reaction to the point where they could potentially, in, like, drawing a weapon or something, mm-hmm. acting mm-hmm. like they're going to attack the officer. And you're, you're seeing how the officers are going to respond. So you could do the same scenario a couple different times, two or three different times, and always have it turn out slightly different depending on how you interact with it as the officer that's responding. You know, you mentioned draw, uh, drawing a weapon. Now, that can be in the simulator here, or, or you can run it into the program. But the thing is, when you're doing this, they don't just give you a fake plastic gun that shoots a light of, you know, a bead of light. Uh, you're using your real service revolver and things during these simulations, aren't you? That was the thing that really attracted me the, to the Virtua system. You're using your weapons. Mm-hmm. So we're in the process of converting over to, to new 9mm uh, handguns that will have red dot sights on them. And we're purchasing one extra that will be dedicated to the system. For the current time, you have to take your handgun and um, basically you dump out all your live ammunition and you have to do a little conversion kit. And, and then it does shoot a laser, but it's your handgun. It has It's a CO2-powered uh, magazines that we uh-huh. put in. Mm-hmm. And um, you get actual there, – there's a little bit of a pop. It's not as loud as a regular handgun would be, of course. But there is actual recoil like you would if you were firing your gun. And we use those simulators um, – they attach to both our handguns, our rifles, and our, our tasers. Oh. So you're using the equipment that you would be using out in the field just with the simulators attached to it. But it's, it reacts exactly like it would if you were firing that weapon for real. Now, can you do something like that also with, um, I mean, I know you guys keep training on your firearms and things <laughs> like that. But, um, you know, ammunition, let's face it, isn't cheap anymore. Exactly. Um, can something like that work? Can it take the place of going out and really shooting your firearm, you know, practicing, um, or not? Or do you still have to go out and do the real thing? We absolutely have to still do our, our qualification courses mm-hmm. twice a year. Oh, sure. But this can be a, a great supplement for officers, especially as we're making this conversion from our current weapons to the, to the new nines with the red dots, because the red dot, red dot is a totally different sighting system than we currently have. Mm-hmm. It's much more accurate once you get used to it, but it takes a while to get used to it. So officers can go in and... we. One of our one of our instructors for the virtual system has actually instilled our qualification course onto the virtual system. You can add your own all kinds of different scenarios. We can add scenarios. We can add different courses. He actually created our course of fire on there that we would shoot on the range for qualification. Officers can go in and shoot it, and it's you know fifty some rounds, and you're never actually firing an actual round. Mm-hmm. So you, mm-hmm. you start off at the three yards, and you work all the way up to twenty five yards, and leaning, sitting, you know all the different types of uh, positions we have to shoot from, you can actually do that with the virtual. So you can get a lot of practice with your handgun. Uh, there's a number of different uh, marksmanship courses, both for the rifle and the handgun that you can use on it. So they can do a, a ton of practice in there. You know, if it's the middle of a blizzard, they can be in working on the virtual system, whereas obviously they're not going to be going out and laying down on the sure. range if it's, you know, 30 below and howling winds. Now you talk about everybody uh, going to the same type of weapon. Um, how has that always worked? I mean, do police officers, they always use the same type of gun or maybe you prefer a revolver? How does that work? Most agencies now are going to department issued. There, there are exceptions out there. When I started with Grand Forks many years ago, 
one of the things you brought your own weapon. You supplied your mm-hmm. own weapon, and they had restrictions. It had to be a nine millimeter, a thirty-eight, or a three fifty-seven. And other than that, it was you pretty much bought what you wanted. I started my career with a, a six-shot three fifty-seven Colt Python. Oh, um, sure. Wasn't too many years after that that I, I converted to a nine millimeter semi-auto, and then not long after that, then they actually switched to department issued Glocks. And, okay. And when I came to East Grand Forks, we were already using department issued Glocks. We're now just switching to nine mils, a little bit. Easier, a little bit less recoil, and, and the performance of the ammunition is, is comparable to the 40. And then uh, our, our existing guns weren't adaptable without significant expense to be able to use the red dots. So that was mm-hmm. one of the reasons we made the switch. We, our, we had staff that have been looking into this for about the last two years so we could make a truly educated decision. And uh, their their feeling was that these are going to be very beneficial for our officers. Now, we hope we don't ever have to actually use them in, in real life. Uh, yeah. But you want to be prepared as best you can because if, if – they're that much more accurate and that much quicker when they need to be. It's going to keep them safer and it's going to keep the public safer. I was going to say, I imagine uh, your favorite kind of gun is hopefully one you never have to point at anybody unless it's a simulation, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> um, I wanted to um, ask you a couple of questions, and, and, and we talked a little bit beforehand, Mike, and, and you can answer these as the chief of police, or you can answer them as Mike Hedlund, just a citizen. Um, I, I, I see that... Um, East Grand Forks going to get electric scooters now. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that going to cause any issues, do you think? I, I think the benefit will outweigh any issues. Um, it's, I've been to a number of places. I was recently visiting my daughter in, in Washington, and we spent a day in Seattle, and they're everywhere. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. literally everywhere. Uh, I don't think we're going to have it to that degree in East Grand Forks, which is not big enough. Uh, but it's, it's something that I think will be a benefit. It gives people a, a nice, quick, easy, relatively inexpensive way to get around town and probably have some enjoyable times on them as well. So I, I see that as a positive. You know, Could they get stolen? Could they get damaged? Is that a possibility that it could create some paperwork for us? I suppose it is. Mm-hmm. I, I don't view that as a as being a big issue, but time will tell. Yeah, because you guys are already involved in the bike share program. Yes. Uh, that's growing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I saw North Dakota now, they passed a, this goofy law where, where if you're on a horse or a bicycle, they can't give you a DUI anymore or something. But I suppose you could, I wonder if they could still give you like a driving while impaired or riding while impaired, but um all of these things, and in my opinion, um, I mean, there are tickets. If, if somebody is riding their bike to the bar because they think that's the right thing to do because they're going to be drinking, I don't think they should be able to get a DUI. But if all of a sudden he just face plants it right in front of a police car driving down the street, you almost got to give him something. But what are your thoughts on that? In most cases, I think the officer is probably going to say, if you can't ride it safely, maybe you need to just walk the bike. Off. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's probably the best advice. You know, Ubers are cheap. Even taxis aren't, aren't that expensive. Right. But, but Ubers are, are really cheap in Grand Forks. A lot cheaper than a Dewey. You're killing oh, yourself. Hugely. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, plan ahead. It's, I'm, I'm not going to tell people don't go out and drink. But sure. if you're going to go out and drink, plan ahead and, and either have a, a sober ride or call an Uber. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Mike Hedlund, he's the police chief of East Grand Forks in the studio today here on a Monday, the first day of spring. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break here, but I've got a few more questions coming up for him. You know, I want to talk about CNH Insurance at East Side. They begin with the goal of building an agency with the highest of principles, personalized attention and service. This is their concept. It remains to be their priority today. They strive to give everyone who walks through their doors special attention and the best customer service possible. Their agents have over 50 years of combined insurance experience. Uh, They're licensed in Minnesota, North Dakota, and Arizona. Hey, for all your insurance needs. 
Call Justin, Jody, or Tammy at 218-773-0287. Or you can stop by 1427 Central Avenue Northwest at East Grand Forks. Grand Forks Best Source, we insure through CNH Insurance at Eastside. Maybe you should be thinking about doing the same thing. East Grand Forks Police Chief Mike Headland in the studio today. Uh, boy, City Administrator David Murphy's uh, taken off. Uh, any, I mean, I don't know how much this concerns you or not, but um, any headway in, in, in hiring somebody for, for his job? I, I know they've been talking that they would like to keep it in-house if possible. Well, I know they're looking to do in-house, at least potentially for the interim. Uh, they, are, they have hired a search committee or search business to, to do a, a national search for the permanent replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, but in-house, and, and certainly some people in-house could could apply for the permanent position. But I think they're looking to try to keep uh, keep it in-house for the, for the sure. interim position. Number one, it's cheaper. You know, I would assume they would give whoever is selected for that position a raise. I maybe shouldn't assume that. Right, right. They probably would, because mm-hmm. you know, they're obviously going to take on some additional responsibilities. Um I think that I think we have a number of people that are more than qualified to to slide into that role right. on, on an interim position, mm-hmm. um, and then in the long run, we'll we'll see who gets appointed to that position. And, and I'm, I know we have a great department head group, and I think they'll all do a good job of working with whoever comes in. You know, I don't know, and I'm not going to turn this into a political show or anything. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on our lovely governor of Minnesota, uh, Governor Waltz, but um, I do see he's doubling the state's public safety dollars. Uh, to the tune of billions, from what I understand, but are we going to get to see any of that up here in East Grand Forks? Yeah, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I really hope so. I've seen a lot of the headlines, haven't dug too deep into it. Uh, when it's finalized, I'll, I'll probably start looking at it a little bit more closely. Certainly would help. Um, there's a number of things that, that I would like to see. You know, In North Dakota, for example, the, and this probably isn't going to change as much as I might like it, they can hire somebody that has a different type of degree and send them to the academy. In Minnesota, it's very, it's very strict. You either have to have gone through a two-year law enforcement program mm-hmm. or you have to have a four-year criminal justice degree and then go to the, to the summer skills program, which is essentially what people would think of as the police academy. You have to have that law enforcement degree one form or another, either two-year or four-year. Other states don't necessarily have to have that. You can get that police knowledge at that, at that skills program mm-hmm. uh, or at their academy. I guess I would like to see Minnesota open it up a little bit more and give us a little more flexibility on having hiring people with, with different degrees and then being able to set up sure. that academy. There's a number of agencies in the Twin Cities that have done a co-op and kind of done their own academy for people in situations like that, and that was able to get blessed by, by post. But for us more rural areas, it's you know we maybe need to start looking at that, but it's a lot tougher for smaller departments. Yeah, and, and especially, um, I mean, think about uh, military. Maybe you're a military police officer. Uh, you have no really training except for the military. Uh, you get out, and, and even if you do your 20, you can still get out before you're 40. Um, it, it would be kind of nice because a lot of these people, and, and I don't know if there is an age limit when you can apply to be a police officer or a law enforcement officer, but I don't know if 40 would be too, too old. But a lot of these people, uh, they do their time. They get out of the military. They want to stay in the field. And then you get a roadblock like you're talking about. That would be a, a perfect scenario right there. There are exceptions for, for military personnel. They okay. can get a reciprocity as well, just like an outside state officer. Okay. If you wanted to come from North Dakota, for example, you have sure. to have a certain level of education and you have to have so many years experience. Uh, but you can come in and then just take our Minnesota post test and prove that you basically are, are up to speed on Minnesota uh, statutes. Mm-hmm. And um, Military has some exceptions like that as well, and if, if we have any military people listening that are interested, we'd love to have you apply. Uh, they can just Google Minnesota Post Board, P-O-S-T, that's an acronym for Peace Officer Standards and Training, and uh, 
you find that website and you can find all the information on licensing and reciprocity. So all right. either out-of-state officers or, or military veterans. Uh, as a fisherman, uh, especially a cat fisherman, uh, you got to be chomping at the bits for this uh, new ramp and all that work to be done down there at LaFave Park. Yeah, that's going to be nice. And I know oh, it's going to be awesome. I'm talking to Reed. They have, have plans for trying to make continued improvements in the future. So I think that area is just going to get nicer and nicer. Okay, chicken coops in city limits, Mike. I mean, we all know the cost of food, the cost of eggs. Everything is going through the roof. Um, and and I, I, I kind of am going off of a comment uh, that Tim Riopelle had made, but my neighbors have laying hens, and they have um, nine or ten of them. They've had up to 19, he said, in this coop at one time. There are I've got a couple of full-grown uh, pine trees between me and the chicken coop. They're probably 100 yards away. I don't even notice them. Mm-hmm. I could imagine, um, you know, when I lived in town in Grand Forks, we had maybe 20 feet between houses, not a lot of room. We had big backyards. But if somebody's got a chicken coop with a couple of chickens, maybe they got a fenced-in backyard, is there going to be an issue? Is this going to pass? Will it ever pass? And do you have a problem with it? It's one of those things that I don't have a ton of personal knowledge with. Sure. I have a nephew that has had chickens in the past, but he's in a little bit more rural settings Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, I've never experienced dealing with one in-house or in, in, t- in town, so I honestly don't know how much of an issue it would be or if it would be one at all. Uh, the, the anecdotal story, as I hear, is that smell is an issue. As long as you don't have, as long as you don't have any roosters, the noise yep. should, should yep. be an issue. If you have roosters, the noise could be an issue as well. It but will be an issue. Smell yep. is the biggest concern, I mm-hmm. think, and I, I honestly haven't had to experience that, so sure. I, I really can't say. I don't think it's going to pass. I think there's enough people that are... They'd rather err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read one article not too long ago that, that talked about a lady that was supplying basically organic um, eggs, mm-hmm. and she was losing money because the cost of feed and everything. So if you're sure. doing it to try to save money, you're probably not going to save money in the long run. Right, so, right. Um, it, I think it's it could be a fun hobby, and you might be able to have some good, healthy, fresh eggs for your family. Sure. I don't think you're going to really save any money, so I don't know that there's a huge thing to gain okay how about um are they still working on a quiet zone at sacred heart there uh with the with the trains and things like that will that happen yes that's going to happen uh, i'm not sure if construction is going to start this summer or, or if it'll be 2024 i thought it was this year but i could be i could be wrong on that i've only been peripherally involved in that that's much more of an engineering type function but yeah that's going to happen in time and we'll be going down instead of the three crossings that we currently have we'll be going down to two crossings and that'll That'll increase the traffic flow, obviously, a little bit in, in those other two areas. Sure. But our our safety features that are going to be installed are going to actually in, enhance those areas as well. So it'll it'll truly be safe. Well, you have those two areas. crossings, three crossings within like a block of each other. It's got a boom, boom, boom. They're exactly. all right there. Yep. And what happens is, is if they've, if people happen to see a train coming, mm-hmm. they're going to try to race to the next one, and then they try to race to the next one, and and that there uh, could be an issue itself. Um, we were talking about chickens and animals. Um, I see this, and, and it probably does have a little bit to do with East Grand Forks Police, but uh, Polk County Sheriff's canine Buffy is retiring. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys do have a canine at East yes, Side, is that correct? Yep. Um, how important is that as a tool for what you guys do? I think it's a huge tool. Uh, Officer Highcheck with our department has, mm-hmm. has his partner, Raider, and uh, Raider is, is narcotics uh, trained, and they do a great job. They're, they're assisting other agencies in the region. They go out on calls in, in our department, and they do just a fantastic job in that. That's the area that, f- in my opinion, is probably the biggest benefit for, for us is to have that nose that can assist in, in narcotics investigations. Um, 
that's you know, we were talking about crime earlier, and that's really one of our probably our, our number one issue is narcotics, um, and and that's not just Grand Forks East Grand Forks. I think that's nationwide. The the fentanyl overdoses has has become truly just it's it's amazing the, the effect it's having across the country. With we're not talking hundreds of people dying, we're talking tens of thousands of people dying every year from overdoses from fentanyl, and that's just it's it's just coming into the country with. Loads that people couldn't even imagine. Yeah, and, and I mean, it would take a beer can full of fentanyl to kill thousands of people. Oh, exactly. It, it's ridiculous. Yep. And, and the thing is, you don't have to ingest it. No. I mean, this could kill you by touching it with your hands. You don't even know it's there, and it could kill you. Yep. It's We've had uh, multiple uh, Narcan saved by our officers mm-hmm. every year for the last wow. four or five years. Multiple every single year. And that's just in East Grand Forks. You know, you go into areas where the, where the problem is even worse. And it's, and you know, it's, it's, it's. An amazing problem that, that doesn't seem to be going away. Our officers are doing a great job of, of trying to attack it. Our, our department is a member of the Pine to Prairie Drug Task Force, and uh, I think that group of guys does a, I mean, they cover eight counties in mm-hmm. northwestern Minnesota, which is a huge area. But they're doing a great job at trying to, to limit the amount coming in, but it's, a, it's an uphill battle, but they're, they're keeping on fighting. Now, when you first went into law enforcement, the Narcan and the things like that, um, Probably wasn't even ever mentioned at a job description. No. Um, and, and should it be at this time? I mean, in my opinion, nobody should should have to go through that. But I guess it's better than weighing the consequences. But as an officer, and you get a call, and all of a sudden you, you're saving somebody's life because, well, let's face it, because they were dumb. That, that's true. And we have unfortunately had people that don't learn. You, you hope that somebody would go through that one time and that they would learn, but addiction's a, a nasty, nasty vehicle. And we've had people that we have literally saved two and three times Yeah, uh, between our department, all true. And then the fire department, you know, we all carry Narcan and uh, it's, it's, you, you would like to think people would figure it out. But like we said, addiction in any form is, is very difficult to conquer. Um, that's, I guess I, I'm totally in support of the government in any way that they can to try to get some uh, counseling services, addiction services, you know, treatment for, for the folks that have those problems that that hopefully we don't have to see them that second and third time where they've literally killed themselves. Right, and, and yeah. Our officers or the fire department or all true medics are, are bringing them back from, from death. You know, and, and a lot of these people don't think, too, what they're putting these officers through. You know, a lot of these officers, they got to go back home to their kids and their wife and, and, and to not where your work on your sleeve would be, I think, very, very difficult. Um, Minnesota driver's license is for all now in Minnesota. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you're, you know, doing everything by the book or not. You can get a driver's license. Your thoughts on that? I don't like it myself, yeah. but again, I don't want to turn this political. Yeah, I guess I'm torn. Yeah. Um, I, I can understand their desire, and if our country is allowing them to be here, I would rather see them get a driver's license than be driving undocumented. Mm-hmm, Obviously, sure. undocumented as far as being in the country, right? Um, but if they're going to, if they've earned a driver's license, then at least we know that they've had some training and were able to pass the driver's sure. license. Because if people have a need to drive, they're going to drive. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And so I guess I'd rather see it done that way. I'm, okay, now I mean, we'll, we'll, I guess I'll avoid any other comments on the political. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Now you, and this has got to drive you nuts because um, it drives me nuts. People, bad drivers. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, turning illegally, not stopping, not using blinkers, not using lights in a snowstorm or a rainstorm, all, all these different things. Do you think 
Because I am, I am pretty confident, Mike, that a lot of people over 50 years old, I don't know if they could pass a driver's test. They maybe could when they were 16. I don't know if they could now. But does that drive you nuts when you see people like that? Because you see it, I mean, every time you go. I'm guessing when you go to East Grand Forks, back to town or back to work today, you're going to probably see four or five people doing something illegal. Probably. But it, and, it, and it drives me nuts. But do you think... I mean, maybe it shouldn't cost anything because I don't know how much it costs to go take another driver's test. But do you think after a certain age, maybe, it, it, I don't know if you could force it on somebody or, or recommend it or it's got to be done at maybe a $10 car or just throwing a, a, a little price tag out there. But do you think that, and, and not only I'm not trying to say your driving sucks, but maybe a refresher course might help because maybe some laws have changed if you want to put it in a different direction but or a different way. But do you think that's a good idea? It's not a bad idea, and, and insurance agencies certainly are pushing that. Oh, sure, If you yeah. go through a, a defensive driver course as an adult, you'll get a, a reduction on your insurance for a few years. So it's they're pushing it that way. The state requiring it, I, I doubt there would ever be an, a strong oh, enough appetite for that. So somebody would be offended, that, too. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Um, we do have the ability, if we encounter somebody that we feel they're driving is so poor, uh, we can request through the state uh, DOT that they mm-hmm. have that they're be, uh, subjected to a, another evaluation. Oh, sure. Test. So we can do that. It's not done often, but we do it probably a couple times a year. Uh, we had uh, Grand Forks County Sheriff Andy Schneider on last week or the week before. We were talking about uh, they're trying to pass um, the, the law that you don't have to have front license plates on a car. Um, being in law enforcement, I, I, I knew what his answer was going to be, but I had to ask him. And I kind of know what your answer is going to be, but do you think license plates should be on the front and the back of a vehicle? I do think so, yes. Um, just so as you're, if you're coming at that vehicle, you get your, your in-car video going, you can hopefully get it recorded, even if they're having some really abhorrent driving behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be able to get turned around on them and get them stopped. You might not be able to. But if you've got that driver's license, you can hopefully at least make some contact with them at a later time. Uh, if I've got a fancy sports car, do I understand not wanting to have a license plate on the front of my car? Yeah, I do. Um, but I guess. But you don't. But you, <laughs> you don't have a fancy sports car. No, I don't. Exactly. <laughs> I have a pickup truck that has a, has a license plate right. on the front. And, and um, you know, I was I, I didn't really care one way or another until the other day. Um, snow again. Um, I looked at the back of my truck. You couldn't see a license plate. It was yep. completely buried because, well, me, I wanted to go clean off my, my backup camera. Mm-hmm. And I realized you can't even see my license yeah. plate. So I cleaned it off. But if you don't have a front one, you can't see your back one, then I could see where that would be a world of hurt. Um, Mike, one of the things we've been seeing a lot of lately in the news uh, locally around here, and, it, and it, it's very disturbing to me, are these swatting calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it up, I remember what town it was here, just north in, in, of Grand Forks a couple of, or last week, closed for two days. Mm-hmm. Um, now with social media and everything, people are going on Facebook and they're chirping and they're doing that. But these people don't realize what they're doing. No. You know, you call a school and they go, this would be funny. I'm going to tell them I'm going to go shoot the school up. But have we had any problems like that in East Grand Forks with the swatting calls or not? Uh, you probably just doomed us by, by saying that. I know, and I was thinking of the same thing. <laughs> nothing coming recently, out of my mouth. Nothing recently, but we have had those issues. Usually it's it's they've been able to determine that it was just kind of a kid that for mm-hmm. reason wanted the day off. Um, more and more of the swatting, though, was taking place, and I know the, the recent ones in Grand Forks a, a few weeks back, I think they tracked down, to some degree, we were able to track down that one of those mm-hmm. numbers was actually coming from out of the country. Yeah, so yeah. So it's just... Somebody that, for whatever reason, they think that's funny, and I don't know why anybody would, but there's obviously some people have different views of life. 
Oh, okay. Uh, oh, Monty Hens, Monty Stensland, Chief Hedlund. He's always been a top cop. How about that? Uh, that. One more question for you, Mike, and then I'm going to, um, you know, if, if we missed anything, I'll, I'll have you bring it up. But um, this has been in the news, too, a lot lately, more on the other side or on this side of the river than your side of the river or our side of the river, I should say. Uh, snowmobiles, um, I know, and I believe in East Grand Forks, there are streets you can drive snowmobiles. Uh, me being from Thief River Falls, you could drive snowmobiles just about anywhere except for an area, of course, right downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people that uh, have businesses in East Grand Forks. They appreciate snowmobile traffic. They like it. It brings more people into town. Um, do you have a problem with snowmobiles? Is it a big issue with East Grand Forks law enforcement, uh, or is it not too bad? I would put it in the not too bad category. We, we you're have gonna get those problems. dummies that ruin it for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm overall, I'm in support of, of any type of recreational mm-hmm. vehicle use with within reason. Sure, you know, as long as they're being driven appropriately, you're not breaking any laws, mm-hmm. you're not causing traffic problems. I have no issue personally with with any type of recreational vehicle being used. Um, it's just when people aren't paying attention. The greenway is kind of a fragile system it to is. a degree. And especially the levee system. Mm-hmm. So if, if yeah. you know, like the spring, for example, if we have people going up and, and driving on those in four-wheelers, for example, you can rip that up and, and it can start causing damage that isn't necessarily readily visible. And over the course of time, that could create a weak mm-hmm. point in our levees. And yeah. you look at the levees and they're huge and they're thick, so you think, how is that even possible? But they're, they're still man-made and anything that's man-made could potentially fail. And so, and, and we, anybody that lived through 97 doesn't want to experience anything like that. Right. And you realize how valuable that levy system is. So, you know, we, we tend to be a little bit um, protective of that and anything that could damage it. That's for me, that's probably the biggest thing. You, you, you've got some beautiful green spaces down there and, and sometimes the different recreational vehicles can, can cause damage in oh, some yeah. of those areas because people don't drive responsibly. Um, if we had a trail system, I wouldn't be opposed to that, you know, for like four wheelers mm-hmm. and things like that. We mm-hmm. don't currently have a, a trail system. Right. Other, other, we do have for snowmobiles. And, um, and then there is limited use, as you mentioned, within town on snowmobiles as well. It isn't allowed for other things other than UTVs if mm-hmm. we get them permitted. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those slippery slope type issues. It's how far sure. you go. But, you know, again, if you could, if everybody would, would drive them responsibly, I'd have no issue at all. Um, it's just everybody doesn't. Okay, I lied. I got one more for you, and I just thought of it. Um, and, and this is something we see, and you're an outdoorsman. This is something we see more of uh, in in bad winters where there's a lot of snow. Uh, deer. Uh, I just saw something uh, in North Dakota. Was I can't remember where. It was on a ranch, and it was a cattle ranch. And the guy was coming. Uh, he's got the big the the big round bale fork on the on the tractor, and he's coming, and he's going to start feeding all the cattle that's uh, along this fence. There are hundreds of white-tailed deer. I mean, hundreds of deer running everywhere now minnesota we're not allowed to feed the deer uh, you know and and i get it the cwd thing but when you live out where i live and you see the deer everywhere uh, i mean you can go a mile down the road from my house and there'll be a hundred deer out there is it an issue in town um i know they come into town i know there's people that feed the deer in town and i know that you're not supposed to but with more snow with a worse winter has it been more of an issue this winter I haven't heard a lot of, of complaints of, of deer feeding this winter. I've definitely heard them in the past. I haven't heard many this year. Not saying it's not going on. I just haven't been hearing it. Um, deer can be a problem, uh, and, and we have multiple deer car crashes in, in East Grand Forks every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, most are, are in the Bigland or, or Reinhardt areas yeah, or also yeah. up, up along uh, River Road. Those are the typical areas that you're going to have vehicles going slightly faster and um, where you're going to have a lot of deer crossings. I personally enjoy seeing them in town. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, but but it's yeah. 
And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion. We, I don't know if you're going to go this way or not, but there's been a lot of discussion of could we perhaps have a limited bow season. They do it other other towns. So. Yeah, and, and they've looked at it. The problem in East Grand Forks is the, the way the statutes are written. You can't hunt with – you have to be a certain distance from structures, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And the amount of spaces that are actually beyond that distance and you would actually be able to legally hunt in yep. are so limited, it's, it's, they yep. don't think it would make an effect. We don't have the big parks and, and things like here. Yeah. I mean, you'll go down and you'll see the campgrounds – uh, there's deer down there, but there's also campers down there. Yep. You know, it, it, it's a little bit different. Um, is there anything that I missed out on that you would like to talk about? Um, I would touch on the recruiting. If, if mm-hmm. you're interested, feel free to, to contact me, contact our department. We'd be happy to answer any questions if they're, you know, even just even if they're just thinking about going into law enforcement, I'd be happy to give them some advice on the avenues they could take, whether they're looking at a different state or looking at Minnesota. And if they're looking to come to our department, obviously I'd be more than happy to talk to as much as they can. Uh, that's that's kind of our biggest focus right now is trying to take care of, get our staff up to up to strength, and then of course just the everyday crime. It's as spring comes along, we're going to have people that are going to start picking up the speed a little bit, and they need to be careful on that on the traffic front because. You have some of these warm days, and you think, oh, yeah. think the roads are great, and then all of a sudden you hit an icy patch, and now you're spinning out. Well, had, look at we last had, week. <laughs> we had a rollover this weekend in the middle of town in East Grand Forks. Is so that right? A guy hit a, hit a parked car and wanted to roll on his vehicle. Oh, my goodness. It, thankfully, he's okay, but could have very easily been killed. Yeah, so, I took so. Highway 2 in last week, and, I mean, there were semis in the ditch, jackknifed, and cars all over in the ditch. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Carlo, Carlo, thank you, Ellen. Uh Had time. Okay, we had the ball. All right. Um it's been nice having you in here. Uh, it's been a while, and um, I know that things are, are moving and shaking in East Grand Forks. I'm um, looking forward to a lot of the things that's going on. We talked about the boat ramp. They're going to be doing a bunch of stuff uh, cra- or with uh, Stouse Field in that area and, and the arenas. Um, I think it's all good, good, good for East Grand Forks. How long do you plan on being in the business? Probably a few more years. Yep. Um, You're still fairly young. I, I'm, I still enjoy the job most days. That's and all I, that matters. I'm, I've got good health, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, like I said, and, and you know, one of the things with me for, for pension-wise, I w- haven't been in Minnesota all that long. So okay. my pension really isn't very big yet. So that's obviously when Makes you get close difference. to retirement, you have to start looking at those things. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be forever, but probably a few more years. Um, I think you're doing a great job, man. Appreciate it. Keep it up, and uh, let's uh, keep hoping for warm weather. I want to get out there catfishing. Might be a while. We might have some high water, but um, anyway. All right, there you go. Mike Hedlund, East Grand Forks Police Chief on the first day of spring. And again, thank you very much, Mike, for coming in today. Uh, Our show, by the way, was brought to you today by Muskox. Hey, if you move snow with a skid steer, you've got to see the muskox difference. A patented back drag feature allows operators to blow snow while back dragging in front of obstructions. You know, garage doors, siding, and fire hydrants. Now, this saves time and money while lowering injury risk by decreasing manual labor. The optional dual auger, called the dually, helps the operator eat through big snowfalls, ice-crusted snow, and blow more snow while back dragging. And the glide plate, it allows you to glide over grass and gravel without ripping up the side surfaces. Subsequently, create an instant torque of the lower cutting edge to break up snow and ice to better expose hard surfaces. See the muskox difference. Go to muskox.com or Facebook at muskox snowblowers or call 218-288-1905. See the difference for yourself. It's the muskox difference. Hey, all right. Hey, by the way, tomorrow, the Great Reset is back with David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. And we'll be talking about stuff, well, that uh, a lot of people are 
Well, kind of afraid to talk about, right? Hey, make sure to tune in, all right? Kid has Common Sense Uncensored coming up shortly today, and enjoy the show. And remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. You will never miss a show that way. Hey, the Grand Cities are great. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again. 